So did you see? Did you see the Family Guy back to the pilot stuff? Uh, that oh yeah, that hasn't been on yet. But yeah, the oh god, I don't watch that. Like like la- okay, to take last night for example. I, I had watched the Green Lantern show and I had watched um, the Thundercats episode. After that, I just put my TV on mute because I came back out here to do computer stuff, to do editing and stuff, because I edited, like, four shows last night. Um, and when I went back in, in my bedroom at, like, 2 a.m., like, oh, God, i got to stop leaving this on Cartoon Network when I'm done because, holy crap, I do not want to see anything with fucking Family Guy. I hate that show. Family see, Guy! We've been making fun of Family Guy for doing the same joke three times in a row. From the student film to the pilot to the first episode. Yeah. And now they're doing it again. God. They're going back to that episode to do all the jokes a fourth time. And they're probably going to have Stewie and Brian say, oh, does this look so crappy? Oh, my goodness. And then they go back into their own time. Like, oh, isn't this so much better? It looks like they took the algorithm from Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection to to enhance the old footage, bring it up to high def. And then it just looks shitty anyway. But it had character. Like I commented on your on your post, Neil, I would much rather watch any shitty filmation cartoon than watch Family Guy. Yeah, he said Family Guy is the worst cartoon ever. I'm like, whoa, whoa, man. There, <laughs> there's, there's Gadget Boy. You know, you're, <laughs> there's, there's Clutch Cargo. <laughs> you know, you, you know what's really bad right now for me? What's taking the cake for worst cartoon or worst cartoon short ever? It's that stupid claymation DC Nation crap that they showed during Green Lantern. Did you see that, Ben? Uh, No. There was, because DC and Cartoon Network are teaming up next year to have this whole DC Nation thing on Cartoon Network, they're doing a bunch of shorts. They have new Teen Titans shorts. They have this new short that... I guess it could be Justice Babies I, I or, or Super Friend Babies. I don't know. But it's like, it, it almost looks like the, the animation is just silly putty characters. It Oh my God, just so horrible. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast, recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. I'm ready whenever you guys are. Okay, we're ready for this? Okay. All right, uh, welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, This is a special crossover episode we're doing with uh, Tooncast Beyond. Uh... We are going to be talking about the DC animated movies. Uh, these are the direct-to-DVD animated feature films that uh, Warner Brothers and uh, DC Comics made in uh, the late 90s into the 2000s, into the 2010s. Uh, I'm your host, Ben, and we're joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Fusion Ha! See, because we're, we're mashing the shows together. And we also have Mike Blanchard here from uh, Tooncast Beyond. Yes. This was my idea, damn it. This is my show. You only get to do the introduction. <laughs> um, 
No, for Tooncast Beyond listeners, this will be episode two. This is starting our DC Universe animated movie spotlight. We will be running this from episode two to episode 14. We're going to start with uh, Superman Doomsday and go all the way up to next, I think it's February, next February's uh, Justice League Doom uh, feature. Um, And these did not start in the late 90s, Ben. These started uh, 2006, I believe. 2006, 2007 is when they started. Actually, Superman Doomsday, I have to correct you, was 2007, September 18th. Right, but you said the late 90s, 2000s, 2010s is what you said originally, and it was not done in the late 90s. I I apologize for that oversight. uh, (laughs) They made a lot of of anime feature films in a very short amount of time then. Uh, Exactly. They're just like the Beatles. They made a lot of albums in eight years and then they lived on in infamy after that <laughs> i love george harrison's music but moving on uh yes <laughs> with uh with the uh, superman doomsday this is basically this is basically a distillation of what is one of the most infamous comic series uh, comic uh, storylines in the 90s the death of superman uh it's a distillation a simplification and where they trim unnecessary characters, mix certain characters together, and basically shorten the entire storyline to fit better in a, in a movie format. And I gotta be honest, I was kind of underwhelmed by this by this film. I I watched it. I tried to find something I would like in it, but overall, it was underwhelming for me. Yeah, this movie, and and it's funny, this movie basically, as you said, takes, what was Death Death of Superman just wasn't issue, the the black issue 75, it was like a whole series, it was like a whole comic run, right? It It was about a year's worth of comics from four separate titles, because you have to remember... Superman ran in four different titles. There was Adventures of Superman, uh, Superman, uh, Action Comics, and the fourth one escapes me right now. Basically, back in the 90s, there were these four titles, you know. And essentially, if you can't, if when DC was really coordinating this with the editor in chief, they released one of these comics every week. And it's a different team with each comic, but they like coordinated well. They had to. They had uh, Tom Grummet and Carl Kessel working on one title. I think it was Adventures. You had, uh, you had Dan Jurgens working on, I believe it was, and I'm probably wrong about this, I believe he was working on Action Comics, Dan Jurgens. Uh, it was either Action or just Superman that he was working on. Mm-hmm. And and basically you had two two other teams that were working on the other two titles, and they decided to make a you know a really long story called The Death of Superman, and this is just for background. What happened is, uh, storyline was there's this alien that's uh, that was buried in the earth that's called Doomsday. That uh, and by the way, there was a lot of playing be- behind it because the the version of the Justice League that Doomsday fought were basically the Scrubs. That because there was no Wonder Woman, there was no. Uh, Green Lantern. There was no Flash. <laughs> there was no Martian Manhunter. You, their team consisted of Fire, Ice, Guy Gardner, uh, not Green Lantern at the time. That was back when he had the old power ring, and uh, and uh, a, a black guy called Bloodworn. Wow. I know. Wow. <laughs> was and, Marvin and Wendy in there too? <laughs> oh, Maxima was there too. I forgot Maxima. Oh, and oh, Blue yes. Beetle got the shit beat out of him. Oh my God, Maxima! Don't even get me started. Oh, and uh, like like I said, this was this was like the loser version of the Justice League, and and basically it was all these guys and Superman, and 
all of them got trounced except for Superman. And Superman finally, in at the end of the Death of Superman story, finally died. And then there was the funeral for a friend story, which yeah. was a, a one-issue story, but it was a beautiful one where finally the real Justice League is back. And they're all wearing the, the black armbands and they're having a funeral for Superman. And then there was what they called the reign of the Superman, which was where there were four people that came that said that they were the new Superman. Actually, three people said they were the new Superman. That uh, there was the Eradicator, uh, mm-hmm. that had the uh, the yellow visor. There was uh, there was John Steel, but yeah. Steel, Henry. who who actually, when I was waiting to say he wasn't Superman, he was just doing this in Superman's honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Cyborg Superman, who turned out to be uh, Hank Henshaw, the uh, villain from an earlier story, which was actually a spoof of Fantastic Four, <laughs> and. Uh, and the fourth one was uh, Connell Superboy, who was a clone, not a Superman, but a clone of just a human clone with his genetic structure to be modeled to be as Kryptonian as possible. And essentially what happened was it turns out none of these guys were Superman because the real Superman was was being revived in the Fortress of Solitude and was wearing a black costume and had long hair. <laughs> he had a mullet. Yeah, so begins the saga of the super mullet. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and essentially, there's a lot of lead into this because this is back when Lex Luthor was in a clone body and posing as his own son, Alexander Luthor, and he had an Australian accent and long flowing red hair and a red beard. Oh, yes, I remember those. Yes. <laughs> so they basically condensed a year's worth of comics into a 70, 80 minute film. That, that's true, but like I said, if you ever pick up the Death of Superman trade paperback, you have to understand it's more than just a year's worth of comics. Right. It's, they're, they're, like I said, the events that led to the scrub version of the Justice League that was in this story is an interesting one. And the story about uh, and, and the story about everything else is is you know like the you know the story about. Lex Luthor's clone body. It was a, another story. You know, they saved Lex Luthor's brain was the name of the trade paperback for that one. Oh my god! Now the way this came about, if I remember correctly, is that you had these four teams that would like meet every week and discuss how they could connect all four of the books. And every week, someone would just jokingly say, "Let's kill him." Yeah, and and finally, <laughs> finally, the editor in chief said, "Okay." And the idea was the four teams were saying. Were, were said, okay, what was what would be your idea of how you would bring Superman back? And the four teams said four different ways. And finally, you know, the other says, well, let's do all of them. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, it turns out that none of them were the real Superman. It's the one in the black suit. And, and yes, uh, this movie is basically a, a condensing of it. But I think that's part of what makes it lose its charm because, because three, you know, three out of the – Actually, all four of the Supermen from the reign of the Superman stories are wildly famous and popular in a big part of the Superman mythos to this day. Mm-hmm. Steel is a huge part of the mythos. Uh, Superboy is a big part of the mythos. Uh, Eradicator is was instrumental in a lot of the new Superman stories. As and and uh, Hank Henshaw was an ongoing Superman villain for the longest time. It, right. To to just uh, condense it to just some random Superman clone, I think was more of a disservice to the story than, this, than, than a strength to the story. Yeah. 
Now, this this movie and this entire series comes just off the heels of them ending Justice League. Uh, and this is what Bruce Tim and his, his people that he put together wanted to do afterwards. They wanted to do direct-to-DVD films, and I love that they're doing this. I love the fact that they're not, for the most part, in most of these films, they're not pulling any punches. They don't honestly give a crap about censorship because these are the very first ever PG-13 movies because of all the violence and and everything else that's in them. Um, You have Superman literally puking up a bucket worth of blood. Yeah. And uh, and you know what? That actually kind of turns me off a bit because it just doesn't seem, you know, it, it seems like they did that just, to do it, you know that you know they increased the uh, they increased the violence for the sake of just increasing the violence versus doing it because it was actually a perfect time to do it. And like I said, I think this was the first step to the other much better, in my opinion, later direct to DVD movies. But this was a necessary step. This was definitely a necessary step. Yeah, this was a project that they wanted to launch with. Most everyone in the world knows who Superman is. Um, he is, he is very popular in culture these days. Uh, and I love how they worked into a, a bunch of nods to the other, uh, Superman projects. You know, you've got stuff from Superman, the animated series in here, uh, stuff from the Fleischer Superman cartoons, uh, the bullet car from the bulleteers. <laughs> and you even have Kevin Smith in a little special yeah, cameo. I don't. Yes, yes, yes. As much as I like Kevin Smith's movies, I don't care that he cameoed here. Um, well, it's based off of a speech he made at, in a co- at a college when they asked him about his experience with Superman Lives. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, I, I imagine everyone's That's, familiar with that. Yeah. Giant freaking spider. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it basically, Kevin Smith says, did we really need to see him destroy a giant mechanical spider? And then he cups his, his hands over his mouth and says, lame. lame. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, one of my notes says, uh, and, and I know this is, is factually accurate, but uh, the character of Mercy, Lex's assistant, originally appeared, obviously, in Superman the Animated Series in the 90s as his chauffeur slash bodyguard. In this film, she's his corporate assistant. Well, that also happened in Justice League. She took, oh, well, she didn't take over the company, but he yeah, left actually, her. kind of did. Well, he left her in charge. I mean, who else is going to do it? She did kind of, yeah, you're right. She did kind of take it over, but... I mean, I like the fact that they are still using the two very, you know, different versions of Mercy. Um, and, of course, James Marsders, who voiced Lex here, also portrayed uh, the character of, quote-unquote, Brainiac Milton Fine in Smallville. Uh, as much as yeah. I like James Marsters, uh, I just don't... Uh, he did know. a pretty good performance, except for the part, except for the Brokeback scene. Yeah. Uh, uh. I, I I don't know what else to say about that scene. I don't yeah. know any other word to describe it. Yeah. Why can't I quit you? <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. That's that's exactly what it was. Yes. So let's talk about the other cast. I'm just going to run them down really quickly here. Uh, you got Adam Baldwin as Clark Kent slash Superman, Anne Heche as Lois Lane. Worse. Was Lois Maggie Lane's Sawyer in this? Huh? Was Maggie Sawyer in this? I don't uh, think so. No, she is not to my knowledge. No. The lesbian joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You're and you have Jimmy Olsen with an earring. Yeah. Uh, the other voice actors, you got John DiMaggio as, as Toy Man, Tom Kenny as the robot, Susie Kurtz as Martha Kent, 
Cree Summer as Mercy Graves. Ray Wise as Perry White. I thought that was interesting casting. Adam Wiley as, as Jimmy, and then the rest of them are, you know, newscasters and, you know. You it, get... it, they, they made Toy Man, like, not creepy like he was in the animated series, but kind of like, you know, the other kind of creepy, like, uh, like lives with his mom and drives around in a van creepy. <laughs> See, I found Toy Man in the animated series to be just funny. He wasn't creepy at all to me. He was more what in the in Superman the animated series. You didn't find that doll mask creepy? Not as creepy as his appearance here. No, no. Like I said, th- but this is this is full on. Drives around in a van, lives at his mother's house, and do you want to see my puppy? Oh, good lord! Um, overall, it's a Long Island iced tea. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, he went there, ladies and gentlemen. Espeon yes. does not endorse the comments of Neil. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So what I want to talk about is Adam Baldwin and Anne Heche. All right. Adam Baldwin is great in anything he does except voicing Superman. I did not believe. He, he wouldn't be my fifth choice, that's for sure. And uh, He's not what... the worst voice actor that has, has voiced Superman. I'll give you that. But at, at the same time, he's still not one of my favorites. And I gotta be honest, uh, th- this design for Lois Lane in this movie did not do anything for me. It was the most plain version of Lois Lane I've ever seen. Yeah. It 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 doesn't have it doesn't have that awesome you know skirt from the animated series, and it didn't have the pure sexiness of All Star. That skirt. Yeah, yeah, that skirt. That's all it needs to be said is that skirt. That skirt. Uh, and and Anne Heche, I'm sorry, she's no fucking voice actor. She just isn't. I, you know, as Ben said, for me, this was the blandest version of Lois animated ever. Uh, yeah, this movie kept throwing me because I, I kept expecting her to say something about lava seeping up from beneath the city. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you also have uh, you also have, like I said, just some really off scenes here. Like, for instance, the scene where the clone Superman removes the uh, the kill switch from his brain. Now, see, that's the only oh. scene in the entire movie that I absolutely love. Ugh. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, see, only 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 Mike Blanchard would think, you know, you know, lobotomizing yourself is hilarious. He was already kind of lobotomized. He really didn't have any sort of moral compass. Plus, he's a clone. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. an actual human. Well, he's not a human. He's a Kryptonian. So there. You know what I meant. Yeah, but uh, you also have some really badly written dialogue, like when they had, uh, like when they had the real Superman show up in the black costume. It's like bad Superman, badder Superman. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, Jimmy, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really did like uh, Swoozie's performance as Martha, though. Uh, she, you know, she's not the best voice for Martha, but for this movie and this feel of this animation. I liked it. I thought, you know, she portrayed Martha very well. Mm. And, of course, you also have uh, Superman using, uh, you know what, the one thing that the one thing that bugs me is you actually have Superman actually physically kill the clone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, no, it, it's, it, there's nothing, there's nothing around, there, there's no Disney death, it's Superman fucking kills the clone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. That just seems wrong to me. (laughs) 
It it does. No, I know. I I agree. I mean, you know, even though it is a clone, it should have been. Maybe he should have done it off, like just slightly off screen or something like that. But I mean, that's just a very unsettling visual. Uh, even though these movies are PG thirteen, they are mainly for you know people that are like us that are fans of you know comics and animation and stuff like that. Um, you know, still you can't. I wouldn't even show this to a thirteen-year-old. I nah. just what you know. I mean, th- these are not movies for kids. These are you know these are the creators, Bruce Tim and his team. The, these are them going after what they want to do because they are comic geeks. Um, and for some people that have weak stomachs, some of the scenes in this movie and and, and as well as the rest of the films that are in the spotlight here, you know, they're people aren't going to watch them because of that, or they might just skip over that scene. Uh, but still, I mean, overall this, this movie, this is not one of my favorites out of the entire ones that they've done so far. I will actually have to go on a limb and say, this is actually the worst of the ones because in, you know, again, you have to keep in mind that when I say worst, that doesn't mean it's necessarily terrible as much as it's just, the worst out of all the DC originals because you have to also remember, you know, they the actually had a direct competition for Marvel and Marvel's direct to DVD animated films are a pile. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're going to do the DC versus Marvel comparison, granted, you know, DC has a couple of ones that I don't care for, but overall I would watch, I would watch this movie over any Marvel anime, you know, the the Iron Man animated movie or the Avengers animated movie, I would watch this over those any day. Next Avengers animated movie. Oh God, seriously? Uh. <laughs> Tony Stark is their mentor, and he's like an old man. He and he's to... waiting for the world to break. I bet they use that theme song. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's it's. Well, the sad thing is, it actually has a better character design set than the uh, Avengers cartoon series, but. We're digressing. Uh, yes. I just, I just really didn't care for Superman Doomsday, and it's the one that I don't own because it. That tells you something. I don't own it, and I'm a big Bruce Tim fanboy, and I don't own this. I, I think there's lots of missteps here. I think a lot of missteps were based on the fact that they wanted to do something more mature just for the sake of saying it's more mature and that's where the that's where the origin of these missteps are like superman puking that gal in the blood i mean god damn you see how much blood that was yeah yeah Yeah. here's what threw me it the movie's called superman doomsday you know i thought i was barely in it yeah yeah he's i think he's dead within the first 15 minutes i'm when it first started i was like oh man they're getting right into this and then he dies, and I'm like, wait, this isn't the movie I thought it was going to be. Wait. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I, 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 kept think, I kept thinking Doomsday was going to come back for the end, and he, no, that didn't happen. And have the clone die fighting Doomsday to give Superman a chance or something like that? And Yeah. Superman's not a dirty murderer. That yeah. Just, uh, and as And what really throws me about this is the fact that you basically have... You know, if in the Lester cut, Superman didn't, you know, reverse the world. Where in this movie, Lois knows the secret. She's sleeping at the fortress. That's just, ah, ugh, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Like, 
like Ben said, I know they were going for it. They were going for the more mature. They were going for, you know, starting off on a really good note and a really good foot. The problem is this movie didn't resonate so well with people. To me, this almost, you know, diminishes what the comic was. Uh, you know, this gives the comic a bad name. Um <clears throat> You know, and there are going to be other uh, of these movies in the spotlight that I just don't care for either. Uh, there's well, a- I think part of this is uh, when we when we did the interview with Marv Wolfman, mm-hmm. and uh, we asked him how Crisis, which is huge. I mean, we talk about Death of Superman being huge, and the Reign of the Superman being huge. You know, those those are pretty. Those are as thick as together. They're about as thick as a as a phone book. But yeah. Crisis is even bigger than that. Yeah, crisis and, and, is just ever expanding. Good and uh, and basically, you know, could that be adapted into a two-hour movie? Marvel opens it absolutely, but his idea was basically to distill it to one point of view, and that's essentially what they did here. But it didn't work because, like I said, there is so much of the mythos of the current Superman mythos. Well, at least until after the New Fifty Two, that uh, that was tied into death and rain that is lost here. Because yep. they they trimmed and I think they trimmed too much without without keeping some of the essence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I totally agree. And and this is coming from someone who has never read those comics. I've seen them here and there, but I've never actually had a chance. Like like back when that happened in the nineties, when you had the death of Superman, I remember all the news news items, all the you know everybody lining up at their comic shops to get. I never had a chance to get a copy of it. Um, but just from, you know, looking online about stuff about that's in the comics and stuff, it's just like this movie is like Ben said, it, it's, they trim too much out of it. And it, while the movie, it does have a beginning, middle and end story. The story isn't that great. I mean, and the, the, the dialogue isn't very memorable. Uh, no, nope. you know, I have to be honest. I have to be honest. Uh, when when I can remember a line from fucking Brainiac attacks <laughs> over over this movie, that tells you something. Mm-hmm. Got the tiki torches. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I do remember Bad Superman and Badder Superman. Yeah, uh, because it was, uh, and because the whole idea was Bruce Tim was playing on the image of Superman's now in all black with a mullet with a gun. Oh, so he's basically Solid Snake with superpowers. Yeah, <laughs> and he's fighting against the Superman that's dressed traditionally, except for the fact he has a hole in his head. Yeah. See, that just made me think of the clone Superman with like the exclamation point above his head <laughs> when he yeah. sees when he sees the real Superman coming. Um, all right. I think that I, I think that this movie just was a misstep. Let me put it this way: this is definitely better than Brainiac Attacks. That's for damn sure. This is better than Brainiac Attacks, but at the same time, you have two very different movies there. I mean, Brainiac Attacks, even though it's not in the STIS continuity of the DCAU, um, it's still the DCAU style, whereas this is something completely different as far as the animation goes. That's true. The one thing, I, I, I think it's this movie, one thing that really pissed me off, I understand that they wanted to design Superman slightly different as far as his... The extra lines on his face. Dude, Superman does not need a fucking dent in his cheek. (laughs) It looks like somebody just 
punched him, and, and, and his skin never grew back. I swear. Well, it was Doomsday that punched him. Regardless, no, 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 no. I'm talking about at, before Doomsday. This... I, 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 well, part of the problem is uh, Bruce Timm's art style is so clean that when he ever tried to add lines in for definition, yeah, it's you know it's an experiment, and this was a failed experiment. We here at uh, do we have any, Neil? Do you have anything else you want to say about the actual movie or anything? Mm, no, not really. Okay, Ben. Do you have anything else you want to say? Anything about the movie? Do we have any? Do we have anything we didn't cover? Uh, I, not really, but I do have to say whether I recommend it or not. Okay, hold on. Hold that thought. We here at Tooncast Beyond have. Uh, we are the IGN replacement crew. Everything that IGN ranks on their website, all of their top lists, we at the Geekcast Radio Network hate it. So we have a one to four scale. Number one is don't watch this even if it's free. Number two is worth a watch if it's free on TV. Number three is worth adding to the Netflix list, which it's one of the DC movies that actually isn't even on the Netflix streaming. It's DVD only for that. And number four is this is a must-buy, must-add to your DVD collection. So, Ben, one to four, what do you give it? I would say if you're able to watch it, not the TV cut, but actually watch the DVD cut for free, watch it because I think that everyone has to see this just to see – just how damn bloody this gets, just just for the damn sake of it, and just sort of bask in it and say, okay, Wonder Woman is fucking gold now. <laughs> Neil, what do you rank it? I'll give it a number two. Yeah. I had <laughs> an extra flush. An extra flush. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to give it an upper decker? Uh I will also give it a two. I actually, back when I was collecting DVDs, I actually did buy it. Uh, I bought it for the special features because after I watched the movie, I was like, oh, that kind of sucked. Uh, the special features on, on the two-disc edition are, are very well done. You have four episodes from Superman the Animated Series. You have a couple of behind-the-scenes looks at how they made this movie. Um, so the special features on, on the DVD are nice, but I don't think that the special features in this case rank you to buy the DVD. Uh, so I will give it a two as well. And as I said, it is on DVD, but before we get to that, um, we also talk about what the movie has made. And I, I told Neil this off air and I sent him the link. I'll have to send it to Ben as well. Out of all the DC universe animated original movies, Superman Doomsday, I guess people love bad movies. It has made the most out of all of them. It's well, what think the about hell this. is wrong with you people? Think about it like this. People bought this without knowing what it is at first, without even seeing it. They bought it. You know, that's a sale. They count that as a sale. Right. And think about it, if the other ones don't perform as well, and this is the first one, that's the correlation. Right. This one made $9,447,577 in, in gross. The units were sold were 683,383. The other ones we will talk about as we go along, but I will just I'm not I'm not going to tell you guys in what order these are in, but I'm going to go ahead and go down the line. Uh one of them so far has made 1,355,000. Uh others have made 2436658678 and 5. So you know, stay tuned to these spotlight episodes where we will tell you which ones made what, but none of them have eclipsed uh, the nine million dollars that this one has made. It's I, over nine million. Yeah, it's over nine million. 
What? Um, Nine million. and and as I said before, it is on DVD. It's on it's on Blu-ray. Uh, actually, the Blu-ray was delayed. I don't have any new uh, information on the Blu-ray release. Um, well, why do you want to watch crap in high density? <laughs> yeah, high definition. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, and so we all gave it number two. So this is ne- definitely an upper decker of a movie. Yeah, and with that, Tooncast Beyond is going to take a break. We're going to head to some ads, and we'll come back to close the show. All right. Action. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one G.I. Joe podcast, What's On Joe Mind? That's right. It's Joe News, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. Hey. We're just kidding, Chuck. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, please. Hey! It's What's On Joe Mind. Every week on the Geekcast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can I say something about Transformers? No! Movie Week in Review is the Geekcast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only on geekcastradio.com. You can now hear the Geekcast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free use and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear Geekcast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter Geekcast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand. No syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code Keycast Radio when you register. We're back, and uh, as per tradition for uh, for Mike, we will do some final thoughts. Yes, uh, final thoughts is this one's all right. Um, it's it's not the worst PG thirteen animated movie out there, but it still doesn't hold it. Just uh there's just too much stuff that I just didn't like about this. Like I said before, the only scene I really kind of got a, a kick out of was the you know haircut lobotomizing scene. I guess I'm just a sick bastard like that. I don't know. Uh, Neil, what are your final thoughts on Doomsday? Oh boy, <laughs> this this movie. Watch watch anything else. Don't don't watch this if it's free. Like I said when we rated it. Um, I, I didn't really care for this watch at all. 
I, I don't know. I got nothing. How about you, Ben? They lost me with the bucket of blood. <laughs> and on that note, thank you for joining us here on the Tooncast Beyond Animation Aficionados DC Universe Movies Crossover. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit our websites, geekcastradio.com and animationaficionados.com. You can leave the show's feedback in iTunes. We are still working on getting the TuneCast Beyond feed into iTunes. We have no idea what's going on with that. You can follow us on Twitter. The show name there is TuneCast Beyond. Mine is TFG and Mike Neal. What is your Twitter? Um, well, I we do have we do have a aficionados. Yeah, yeah. My personal Twitter, I think it's Neil Sama, but it I is. don't use it that much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't check it that often, so if you Twitter me, uh, it's going to be a while before I respond. <laughs> well, I don't, we don't want to hear about anyone Twittering Neil. Uh, no. Here we go. <laughs> All right, and good night. No. Dude. What? what? Now I have Fail. to edit this. It's not done yet. But I thought that was the end. No, it's not done yet. Hold Just, I'll make a note to myself. All right. Uh, okay. 248 edit point. So... Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcastradionetwork. You can also find Animation Aficionados over on Facebook as well. You can call our voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tooncast Beyond and Animation Aficionados and wish you'll join us next time when we will be continuing the DC Universe animated movie spotlight with Justice League New Frontier. For now, I am TFG and Mike with... Ben, the host, and TVC Mr. Neal. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Good night. Bye. additional audio I, I was telling neil i'm gonna put the superman doomsday theme from the beginning of the opening credits that, and, that's all, that movie had a theme song yeah here hold on i got it i'm not making a joke i'm just oh. saying it because it's a, it was a pretty uh, passe not so great thing i kind of be, between that and the lobotomization that's the only two things i liked and we have that recorded oh. <laughs> shut up <laughs> we have Mike Blanchard saying, between that and the lobotomization, those are the two things I liked. About we, Superman Doomsday, you asshole. But I know, but we could stick that out of context like crazy. <laughs> uh, we tried to do an episode with JT last night, but he had a toothache. Yeah, yeah what, were, what were you guys going to do with him last night? We were talking about the TV shows that were canceled before their time. Oh. And that episode ended before it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, what we were was uh, see we were talking about the show Special Unit Two when the uh, when his toothache flared up. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking for like a music cue from New Frontier from the movie.
so I can put it at the end of this to kind of tease the next episode. Um, but unlike Superman Doomsday, I can't seem to find anything because that be- the beginning of New Frontier is basically Keith David's amazing voice, you know, doing that intro. And I'm, I was going to save that for the actual episode. Uh, first look. Keith David sounds like a lot bunch of nonsense to me. Better find someplace to hide and pray that nobody ever finds you. You know, when Neil, when you put when, when you do up the post for this specific episode after I do it, if you just if you want to, you can just link to our MP3 download and it won't even take anything from your all's bandwidth. It's up to you guys. I mean, I'm just gonna publish the post on Wednesday and I'll say, Hey Neil, here's here's the post to Geekcast Radio. You can take from it whatever you want. Uh, we we could we could just grab that link. What do you think, Neil? Uh, we could do that. I was thinking though, if we if I got my own version of this, I could stick that uh, that uh, the uh, response to the uh, to the ratings on there. But yeah, how's that sounding, anyways? It's you know what? It's I haven't even listened to it yet. It's still sitting in the. You MP3. were pretty. You sounded pretty angry when we recorded that. Two negative comments on our on our uh, iTunes. iTunes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? The first one, the first one is just kind of bleh, because they're saying, saying, unfortunately, these guys don't know anything about animation. And the person cites the Animation 101, which, you know, I don't think we call ourselves experts. We're just kind of... We're fans. Aficionados, yeah. aficionados means we're fans of it. We, yeah. We, we enjoy it. It's, it. it's Italian for something. Yeah, but... Ironically, that's the episode where we had Pablo on. And Pablo is actually a real, honest-to-goodness animator that has done yeah. work for commercials and movies. And, yeah, it's like a real animator. So what what part of that episode were, did we not know what we were talking about? Yeah. Yes. We talked about the, the uh, processes, the tools used. Yeah. I, we, 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 we hit everything that we needed to hit. And, yeah. Actually, Aficionado is uh, allegedly, according to this this translation app that I have, it's Spanish for uh, amateur or dilettante, non-professional, fancier. Well, then that's us! Yeah, yes. so, so screw you, Angora Fedora. <laughs> and the second comment? The, the second co- comment is from someone named Rizzle Wizzle. Sounds like... Sounds like something out of a out of a filmation cartoon. <laughs> and he's and this person's like, I listened from episode one, episode fifteen, so I gave the series a real shot to win me over. Oh, I, oh I can't do that. I can't do that boy. I acknowledge the fact that that they may know their stuff on animation. It's funny how this person like contradicts the other the other person's comment. They know a lot more than me, but they're totally biased on their reviews. Oh dude break. Everyone who does reviews is biased. And number Everyone. Two, and number two, those first episodes were about Marvel's animation in the 90s. Yeah, the, the episodes this person is complaining about are all the Marvel ones. And I'm sorry. Go back and watch X-Men. Go back and watch Spider-Man. Marvel stan. Yeah, and there's... No, they're, they're terrible. And, and, you know, who the fuck... Like, like, nobody put a gun to his head and said, you have to listen to 1 through 15 of these podcasts. You know yeah, that, 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 that's, that's, like, that's like eight hours of content. He's like, it's like someone who, eat, who eats like a, a whole steak is like, this steak is so dry. Bite, chew, chew, chew. Oh, it's terrible. Bite, chew, chew, chew. It's like, well, you fucking hate it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but there you go. You can read the comments, Stephanie. I want you to read the third one because it's like... 
But what's what's no I, I went I had to log into iTunes to see when this post was made. It was made in September. <laughs> so it's like really we were up to like episode we were we were in the late thirties, I think, around that point. And, and the thing to note is he he says that there were good episodes in the series, and it's the ones where we're praising stuff. Yeah, it's and, like and all the positive Power ones. Rangers episode. He actually he actually liked the Power Rangers episode too. Yeah. And uh-huh. note note what he doesn't bring up, which is X Men Evolution. Yeah. Which comment and, am I supposed to read again? The third one. Oh, yeah, was it uh, wasn't for me? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. I, they are totally biased on the reviews. Hate on everything and look down on every on anyone for liking stuff that they don't care for. So That's, what this person wants is someone who is kind to all the stuff they like. And, and number two is if you give a if, if the thing is this if if you if you say I just like it just because and I can't really give a defense to it but I still like it anyways I really had nothing to say to that I, I can't I can't fight against that so I'll just leave you alone I've if, done you, this you say, show like I don't know how many times like a handful and I never I never got I never once got the the impression rush. that that you look down on anybody I never no. felt condescended to no you it, know. The, the thing that the thing that gets me started in, into full blown I'm gonna I'm going to belittle you mode is when they try to use like they try to create fact where there was no fact on why what they like is a superior product. When if if you just say that's just how my likes are and I can't really explain it, I can't do anything to you about that. I'm like okay, fine. Yeah. That's fine. You you have your likes. I have my likes. That's great. But if you say if you say the animation and art style of X uh, the Fox X Men series is just as good as X Men Evolution, I'm like it's not. <laughs> and I like and I like the original cartoon, but it's like it's it's garbage. Come on, <laughs> let's let's be honest. I know. That's... Shit is not a style. Yes, exactly. I mean, which was the which which number is the Muppet Babies one? I, I think it's after oh, that. Uh, it was, oh, but you were on you were on episode fifteen because that's the one that's broken in half. Yeah, that's uh, Ben's top twenty. Yeah, it's my. Yeah, you know that was the faux twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, yeah, and, that definitely then, was not your top twenty. I like, I like to think that I contributed to his anger, and that makes me yeah. feel good. Oh, that the, the that last half hour was nothing but Seth MacFarlane hate. Well, you know, it's, I mean, it's it's warranted. Oh, but if you look at what yeah. he said, he listened to. He didn't even get to the second half of that. Oh, so he got mad at us for like for like ripping on the Flintstones and the Jetsons. But I like those cartoons. No, I, I like them too. But I think that people who put them high on top lists are yeah. jerking off. And, and my yeah. only my only dig on the Flintstones was that once Pebbles is born, the cartoon just kind of goes in this new direction that is not funny anymore. Well, they and they can go back and watch, and you'll see I'm right. And then they could no longer smoke Winston's. You know, I mean, responses to people in iTunes, you know, especially to negative reviews are, you know, your responses are going to be negative. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the that, well, that, that's the thing. You know, our first reviews were the Marvel TV shows, so our, our response to those TV shows were definitely negative because that's just. What oh those no, 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 no! What I'm saying, Ben, is the, the the reviews in iTunes. If someone is going to be a negative reviewer in iTunes and give you a bad review on your podcast in iTunes, generally you're going to sound negative to them, and you're going to be defensive to them of your product. Yeah. Because I got a bad review when I was doing TFG1. I had just finished like the third episode. The guy said, 
Too much time is spent overanalyzing every little detail. Too much is this. Too much is that. You don't do this. You don't do that. And he gave me like a one-star review. I'm like, fuck you, dude. It was like just started. I had three episodes under my belt, and I was doing it solo. I know that I cannot do a solo show. Uh, I mean, if it's something that I'm highly charged on, I could do a solo show, but just a general show like what we did tonight, there's no way I could do it solo because I would end up stumbling all over myself and everything else. But what was funny about our review is that it, it came in like middle of October or September or something, and I'm pretty sure it was the same week that we we were doing a show that we we just sucked the show's dick crying out loud. Yeah. We were we were so positive, and yet this review comes in and was like, based yeah, on yeah, the first few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> People are just – I mean, you know – I don't unless it's a positive review, unless it's someone you know praising us, or unless it's someone giving a objective and you know a constructive criticism review. I do not pay attention to people on iTunes because it's like they'll you know we've gotten reviews that basically say oh you know there's a review on the Tooncast feed on iTunes that says all podcasts do not download all, you know feed is broke. I know Steve knows that the Tooncast Classic feed is not broke because it all works. And I'm and, and I, I've reported this thing to Apple like four times. I'm like, this is not a review. Take it off of our thing, and it still is up there. Uh, you know, iTunes reviews are just like people that you know stupidly comment on YouTube videos. Yeah, but the thing is that, that those are two people who are not coming back, and that's why I'm not going to dwell on it that much. I, I know and it's but, someone uh, who's reviewing us from the safety of iTunes and not coming to the website. So. Yeah, it's, so. what I love, what I love is you have this one guy who says that the, the episodes that he liked that were good were the ones where we were liking things, we were praising things. And uh, what, what I like is he, one of the episodes he says is a good episode is actually our Power Rangers special. So what does that tell you? <laughs> Well, we were kind of tongue-in-cheek with that. I mean, we, we had fun with it, even though we were, we were busting on the show. Well, actually, lots of big-time Power Rangers fans always tell me that that's their favorite episode. Well, Senko is hilarious. I know. He's like, wait a minute, I don't want to hear about your dragon flute. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is when I, I, I made sure to have that, have that image like done before the show started. Yeah. And I and I, <laughs> I debuted it during the show, and he's like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Still one of the best photoshops. 